are in a series called Every Day. Everyone say, Every Day. What's something that you do every day? Coffee. <laughs> Breathe. That's a good one. Best to keep breathing. It's encouraged. What else? Eat. Unless you're fasting, of course. Yeah. Anyone brush their teeth every day? Let's hope so. Sometimes Frankie asks me, why? Why do I have to brush my teeth? I'm like, because we do this every day. There are things we do every day, yes? Habits and things we do every day that actually set us up for life. They create our life. And things that we do every day become habits. They become behavior and, and can shape our attitudes and, and shape our lives, basically, the things that we do every single day. And so we thought as a, as a um, Sydney preaching team, like there's a whole team of us that, that come together and pray about the year and what, what to bring, what to speak each week. And we really felt like the, a great way to start the year is talking about everyday habits, every day. And last week we looked at everyday happiness because the truth is that when, when people are surveyed, one of the things that they want, the, the highest thing people want more of is happiness in their life. And so we had um, Ben Gilbert speaking last week, who is our Sydney West youth pastor. And um, he, he shared a great word. If you missed it, I encourage you to listen to the podcast. But talking about happiness and how actually things we do with Jesus every day bring happiness into our world. Hello, beautiful Daisy. <laughs> Love that girl. Um, so we're going we're gonna to look at today everyday meaning because I don't know about you, but sometimes, I had a day like this yesterday, it can feel a little bit like, what is the point of it all? You know, you're just going through the motions. You just, life can be a bit blur sometimes, can't it? Like, let's be honest. Oh, anyone else? Am I, am I amongst friends? Yes, good. Okay. <laughs> we have those days where it's just a bit blur. It's just a bit normal. It's a bit like ordinary. And um, you know, it can be a bit like, what is the point of all of this? What are we here for? Like, what am I even existing for? But, you know, I truly believe that we can find meaning and purpose in every single day. Every single day. You know, regardless of who we are or what beliefs we hold or, you know, what religion we might be of or whatever, we all want to feel like we have some kind of meaning. We all want to feel like I am significant. I've got a purpose. I'm here for a reason. If like, you know, sometimes I think people might be like, "Oh no, I don't. I don't really think like that. I don't feel like that." But I think if we're honest, each of us inside of us, you know, there's in the depth of us, there is this this desire for significance and for meaning. And so, like I said, we we talked about happiness last week, and true happiness about it being on the inside as we remain in Christ. And we're going to look this morning at John 15 and um, we're talking about remaining in Christ. So we're going to read from verse 1 right through to verse 17. Can you handle it? So much scripture. <laughs> okay, so I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes or he cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. Tim has just pruned our tomato bush, hoping that it will be even more fruitful. We'll keep you posted on that one. <laughs> 
You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. This is Jesus speaking. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. The word remain there that's used, it means to abide, not to depart, to be held, kept, continually to remain as one, not to become different or another, to wait for. So let's talk about remaining in Christ for a minute, remaining, abiding in Christ, not to depart from Christ. To be held by Christ, to be kept by Christ, to continually remain as one with Christ, not to become another or different than Christ, to wait for Christ. Wow, (laughs) we could just go home now, couldn't we? Remain in Christ. When we remain in him, we will bear fruit. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And yet how often do we try and do everything apart from Christ? Guilty. (laughs) If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Excellent picture right there. Anyone ever felt like life has been a little bit like, I'm thrown away and I'm withering? Oh, perhaps I have not been remaining in Christ. (laughs) Um, Where are we up to? If, sorry, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Good. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And that's what we were talking about last week, everyday happiness. Happiness is not about the external factors and when we're chasing stuff and, you know, when I've got the best job and I'm getting the best pay and I've got this happening and everything's good, that's when I'm happy. No, actually, happiness is actually on the inside. It's a joy that is within us and it's a joy that we can have even in the hardest and toughest of circumstances circumstances. You know, you see people who are facing all sorts of drama and trauma and, and, and pain, and yet there is a joy inside of them. And you think, how? How is that? And it can only come from Christ. It can only come from Him. And, and that joy is complete when we remain in Him. Verse 12, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, I looked up that word friend because sometimes we're like, oh, yes, I'm going to lay my life down for my friends. That's just the people I like, (laughs) just my friends. But actually, the translation is friend, associate, companion, neighbor, and also one said one of the bridegroom's friends, which I thought... Jesus is the bridegroom coming back for us, his bride. So a friend is one of the bridegroom, Jesus's friends. Jesus is a friend to everyone. So what that means is 
lay down your life for your friends is actually anyone who is a friend of Jesus, which is everyone. So it's not just lay down my life for those that I like and that I'm friends with, but it's lay down my life for everyone. Yeah? Challenging. Not all at once, because that would be a bit much. He doesn't ask us to do that. (laughs) Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. It's good stuff. Challenging stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, like I was saying, it's very easy to get stuck in the rat race of life, isn't it? To just exist, go through the motions, to pay the bills. If we're very lucky, go on a holiday from time to time. You know, sometimes we can start to ask the question, what is this all for? What am I here for, God? But, you know, when we choose to abide in Christ, and it is a choice, it's our choice every day to remain in Him and to abide in Him. When we choose to abide in Him, we will start to live a life that has purpose and that has meaning. He will show us every day how we can bring purpose and meaning to others. Because I truly, you know, we, we, we talk, especially I think maybe for when we're younger, you know, it's, it's like you can do anything. Like, you know, put your mind to it. You can do it. You can achieve these big dreams. And, you know, you've, you're here for a purpose. And we get all pumped up about this. And then adulting starts. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Some days anyway. Um, but, you know, I think the thing is that what we need to understand is that it's not necessarily about chasing or trying to achieve this one big massive purpose, but it's actually understanding that there is purpose in every single day, that you are here for a purpose every day and your every day can have meaning wrapped up in it. Jesus' parting command in verse 17 was, love one another. Verse 12 to 14, he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Then he lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. True meaning, purpose, fulfillment, and even happiness come when we make our lives more about others than about ourselves. I truly believe if when you look at people who are living all for themselves, they're selfish, they're just, you know, consumed with self, It might appear on the surface like they're happy, they've got it all together, life is good. But I honestly think if we dug down deep, there is a a gap, There there is a longing, there is an emptiness. But you know, you look at those people who just love others and who who do things for others and and it's not that they don't care for themselves you know if we don't care for ourselves we actually can't truly care for others so we do need to care for ourselves but but when we make our lives about others and serving others and giving to others and being generous you know like Pastor Tim was saying being a generous person giving of my life generously it adds meaning and fulfillment to our lives So the first point is to remain. Our greatest purpose in life, the greatest purpose in your life 
is to be in relationship with Jesus and to experience his love. Everyone say, my greatest purpose in this life is to be in relationship with Jesus. There is no greater purpose than that. And you know, when we're connected to the vine, to Jesus, we can start to see what brought meaning to his life. Because I don't think any of us could accuse Jesus of living a life that wasn't meaningful or contained purpose. <laughs> like he literally just oozed meaning and purpose, right? He knew. I mean, Jesus knew his whole reason for coming to earth. There was a purpose that he was here. There was meaning in every moment. There were what we would probably call interruptions as he's walking through his day and somebody comes up, Jesus, Jesus, I need this. Jesus, Jesus, my son is sick. You know, what we would probably term as interruptions. Oh, I'm busy. I'm trying to go to this place. I've, I've got to get here or there. But to Jesus, it was meaning. It was purpose. It's what I'm here for. So Jesus knew who he was and he also knew how he was loved talks about he knew the love of the Father and everything he did flowed from that place. It talks about Jesus often withdrawing and praying and spending time with the Father. He knew the Father intimately and he knew the love of the Father and out of that he could love others. He understood who I am and how I am loved and he says that's how he loves us. You know, so it's not just looking and going, oh, man, Jesus was so close to the Father, lucky him. <laughs> no, it's going, oh, my goodness, that's how he loves me. I can have that intimacy with him. I can remain in Christ, in relationship with him and be held by him and be kept by him and be continually um, in his presence. And I can know that love like he knew it. If we grasp how we are loved by him, it will change the way that we love others, right? Because we love out of, you know, this very human love, very broken love at times. But if, imagine if we could, and I think this is the goal really, is to grow daily and remain daily in his love and learn how he loves us so that we can then love others out of that love. The love of the Father, not the broken love that we've received from others. You know, verse 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. And we've got a screen here, it just shows the Father loved the Son with a love. We got that one, Maddie? There we go. That has no beginning that has no end, that is close and personal, that is without measure, that is unchanging. Just like, let's just think about that for a minute. I personally know for a fact that I do not love other people like that. <laughs> but actually, that's how Jesus loves me. It's how the Father loves me and it's how he wants me to love others. With a love that doesn't have a beginning or an end. With a love that's close and personal, that's without measure, that's unchanging by circumstances or hurt or how I feel today. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but you know what? It's not something to be like, oh, my goodness, I can never attain to that. It's something to be like, I want to get closer to Jesus so that more of that can flow out of me. 
as I remain in him. That is how Jesus loves us. And he says, now remain in my love. And it's a daily conscious decision. It's our choice to remain in him. He so desperately wants to remain in us and wants us to remain in him, connected to him. So point number two is to grow. And as we remain in his love, we start to grow our understanding of that love and also our understanding um, and our desire to do what he's commanded us. Because, you know, when we are, I guess, remaining and, and in his love like that, you want to do what he's commanded. You want to follow the commands of Jesus. You want to, to please him. You want to um, do what he says and love others as he has loved us. We grow in that. Jesus was so secure in the love of his father that obeying his commands was easy. And I think sometimes, you know, we can look at the Bible and we can go, oh my gosh, so many things to live up to. That's such, like there's, a, there's this and there's that and whatever. But actually, as we remain in the love of God, we will grow in our understanding that it's not a, a list of rules and regulations, but actually we're covered by the righteousness of Jesus and it makes following him easy. It's like, I want to follow him. I want to trust him. I want to do what he asks. I want to love like that. Love poured out of Jesus. As we abide in Christ, we're connected to him and simple obedience follows. We keep his commandments and we follow his ways as we abide in his love. You know, the more we start to spend time with him every day, we hear his voice. We learn how his voice sounds and we, and we can follow his promptings. You know, we start to recognize when you're in that cafe line and the Holy Spirit prompts you, pay for their coffee. Or, you know, the grocery line, pay for their groceries. Or when you're just out and about and you just think of that person. It's not just a random thought. It's probably the Holy Spirit. It's probably God speaking to you saying, send them a text. Give them a call. Just see how they are. Just tell them you're thinking about them. You know, little things like that, little promptings. As we remain in him, we will grow in our ability to hear his voice and listen to his promptings and actually follow them. And, you know, as we grow in the knowledge of God's love for us, the outflowing of that is us being able to supernaturally love others. Sacrifice requires maturity. Immature people are very unlikely to sacrifice. Now, Frankie is three, fairly immature still, very unwilling to sacrifice. <laughs> right? But as we grow in Christ, we remain in his love, we learn more about his love, we grow in him, we will become more mature and more likely to sacrifice. And I'm going to totally put her on the spot right now, but I'm going to call Sarah Brown out the front. Look at the excitement that is oozing out of her as I do this. <laughs> you know, I, Sarah and Stephen are people who I would term as mature Christians. I'm sure that you have your immature moments. We all do. Yes. Our, you know, toddler moments with Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, these guys have walked with God for a long time and they have grown in their, their faith in Christ and their, their love for Christ. And I just want you to tell us, Sarah, a little bit about 
the recent situation you've faced with the fires and the thought that maturity, sacrifice requires maturity and the fact that what you guys did for others and conversations that you had with others, just, you know, people that you prayed for, that kind of thing. Just tell us a little bit about it. Um, I don't really know where to start. <laughs> um, so, you know, about the fires, you know, we live in Bilpin, you know, we got cut off. It was a bit traumatic, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but we, probably for def- by default going back, have a strong relationship with Jesus because the alternative wasn't so good. So we relied on him. We got to the point, well, we'll do what we can do. We can prepare. We can help. But we had, there were moments of terror, but most of it we felt peace. This inexplainable peace within us, even though we are seeing fire coming towards us and helicopters over us. Um, But there was this peace. So we are able to, with others, we had a... um, it was like a strength that we wouldn't normally have. We're not the great, greatest evangelists. We're not the greatest witnesses to people. It's, we do it because we want to, but we're not terribly good at it half the time. But when there's um, something like a traumatic moment, um, we, had an, we have a lot of... For some reason, all the Christian haters come out of the woodwork. <laughs> oh, God blames me on this. I thought, well, I thought he didn't believe in him, so who are you talking to, you know? Um, <laughs> So we were, our neighbours, a couple of our neighbours especially, are very anti-God, anti-Christian, because we obviously, you know, wreck the world all the time. So, but I had a, I got a strength in me, and I thought, well, what, what can I lose? We could be dead tomorrow, so I'm just going to go for it. Um, and there's one, a couple of guys in particular from next door and over the road who were complaining, and they were stressed, and they were angry, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to pray for you. He said, well, I don't want you to. So I didn't ask you if you wanted to. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for your peace. Thank you for the property. And I was just going, I had this boldness that I don't normally have because normally we are a little bit concerned about what people might think or the repercussions. We actually didn't care what people thought in the moment. But it was because of the relationship we had with him and we felt peace. We thought, what the heck? We're going to pray for you. And actually, none of them that we prayed for, I don't think, lost their properties. So they were, and we're thanking him. They're going, yeah, well, you know, it was the weather. (laughs) But that little thing, it's not up to me to get them saved. It's them and the Holy Spirit. All we did was what we could do. But it was his peace that helped us do it. It's awesome. Thank you, Sarah. And I love that. It shows maturity in Christ because, you know, in a time where they could have literally just been selfish about their property, and obviously, you know, they were wanting to protect their property and doing all they could, but they gave out to others. You know, I don't know if you saw, if you're on Instagram and you follow Sarah, but she was stamping out burning cow pats, caddies, like poo, in other people's properties to try and stop the fires and, and, and serving meals at the local fire station. You know, like... When, when all this is happening around them, maturity in Christ led them to give to others. And that is what brings meaning to our lives. That is what purpose and meaning and significance is all about. When we abide in him, when we remain in him, we grow. And there's, you know, Jesus said there's no greater love than when we sacrifice our lives. What does that look like? Our time, our energy, our resource, our desires, our attitudes, our personal thoughts or opinions when we sacrifice for others. 
The more we abide in Him and stay connected to Him as our source of love, our source of affirmation, our source of happiness, our source of meaning, not looking to everything else around us, but looking to Him, the greater our ability will be to sacrifice for those around us. We were sent into the world to love one another, not to quarrel, not to compete, not to try and get ahead, not to, you know, get all angsty with each other, but to love one another. Verse 14, it says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Um, Spurgeon says, some think it is quite sufficient if they avoid what he forbids. Abstinence from evil is a great part of righteousness, but it is not enough for friendship. Yeah, I thought that too. Wow. (laughs) It's not just sufficient enough. Friendship is not just about avoiding evil or avoiding the things that he says, don't do, whatever. Friendship is about sacrifice, about doing what he says. As we abide, we grow and then we bear fruit. So point three is bearing fruit. We are all called to bear fruit. Actually, bearing fruit is the product of a meaningful life. When we're living a life of meaning and a life of purpose, we will bear fruit, good fruit and fruit that remains. Fruit and meaning can have a practical, everyday expression in our lives. For example, Jesus loved his disciples and he showed it in a practical sense. He taught them, he protected them, he guided them, he he sacrificially served them. What can I do? What can you do? What can we do to practically show the love of Christ in us as we serve others? How can you use your talents, your resource, your time to practically help or encourage others? Because I'm telling you, as we do that, it brings meaning to our lives. Sometimes we can think, oh, you know, if I give, if I sacrifice for someone, you know, if I do this or that, oh, it's a burden, you know, oh my goodness, it's going to take some time, it's going to cost me something, I don't really want to. But you know, after you've done it, you feel good. You feel like, oh, that felt good. I'm glad I did that. There's meaning in that. There's purpose in that. You know, for me, like every day, every week, pretty much, at least one day a week, I have loved just being down in the arcade and and getting to know the different business owners and the different people that are down there and starting to build relationship over time and, and doing little bits and pieces and having little conversations with them. For me, you know, I could just come up here, do my thing and go and, you know, just, oh, I'm busy. I'm the pastor, you know. Oh, I've got church people to see, you know. But no, I'm like, I want to have relationship with those in this arcade and those that, that God has put right here in front of us. And it brings meaning and significance to me. I loved the Christmas market that we did out on High Street. The, the, just seeing the church come alive and serving the community and giving out bags and face painting and stuff, that is meaningful. That is significant. And we actually had a family come to our Christmas service because of that, that, 
Christmas market. You know, I've loved for Frankie goes to preschool two days a week and I've loved getting to know the little um, boy, little Indian boy that's become her little bestie. And I've loved just getting to know his family. And just it's, it's meaningful. It adds significance to my life, just relationship with them and just loving them. And it was like the greatest joy ever when they walked through the doors for our Christmas service. Like Frankie was so excited that her little friend was here that she'd invited to church. You know, it's significant. It's meaningful. You know, it can be as simple as smiling at someone as you walk past them on the street. How much do, is our, our world, our society, on our phones trying not to bump into each other or, you know, busy, 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 got to get to this place, but just smiling, saying, hello, how are you? My dad cracks me up. You can't walk anywhere with him without him, like, having conversations with everyone on the street. Making a meal could be the very thing that somebody desperately needs and you bring meaning to their life but also to your life. And you bring joy to their life. Inviting someone to church, it could be the bold move that your friend or your family member has desperately been hoping for secretly and you actually putting the invite out there and them going, because you invited me, I'm going to come. Maybe it's that thing that they need. And it's you doing that bold move. Praying for people that God puts on your heart, it has more meaning than you will ever understand. If you think of someone, pray for them. You do not know what they're going through. God might just be putting them on your heart so you can pray for them and and just he can move in their life. Being so close and connected to Jesus that we hear his voice and we hear him give us a specific word for someone. Being in a cafe and just going, you know what, this might seem a little bit strange, but I believe in God and I just feel like he's saying this to you. You know, don't go get all freaky on us, but, you know, just hearing the voice of God and knowing that it's him speaking, it could be that, that person could be like, oh my goodness, that is exactly what I needed. Like, that is meaningful. That is about living on purpose. That is significance. Using the gifts that you have been given by God in your workplace or your neighborhood or your friends, family, your community to bless someone, that's meaningful. That's purpose. It's significance. So I want to ask you today, what season of life are you in and what can you do with the resource or time that God has given you right now to love others and bring meaning to your own life. Because there are no excuses for any season. No matter what season we are in, we can have meaning and significance and purpose every single day. Maybe you are time poor right now, but you've got finance. So you can use that finance to bless people. God, you have blessed me with money, significant amounts of money. So how can you use this? What do you want me to do with it? Start praying those prayers. Start praying prayers of meaning. You know, perhaps you're a mom at home or, you know, retired at home and you can invite other people into your home for coffee and have a chat, maybe run a connect group in your home and get to know people and and just pray for one another and bring significance to one another. What can you do in your season right now that's going to bring purpose? 
You know, maybe you serve on a team in church and you put flyers out on the chair and you feel like all you're doing is just, you know, putting some flyers out and straightening some chairs and it's like, what meaning is there in this? But actually, those chairs are the chairs that somebody's going to sit in that needs to hear the voice of God and that needs to have an encounter with God. And you have straightened that chair lovingly and put that flyer out lovingly and, you know, maybe even prayed over that chair as you've done it. And God can use that. There's meaning and there's purpose. Don't ever underestimate the meaning of what you're doing as you serve in the house on team every single week. You know, actually being part of team in church adds meaning to why we come here. It's not about just coming and sitting in the pew, or not really the pew, the chair, (laughs) and, and just, you know, receiving for myself. There are seasons like that and that's okay, but I actually think in every single season there's something we can do. Even if it's to say, you know what, once a month I'm going to come and just welcome people at the door. It's pretty easy really but it adds meaning, it adds significance, it has a purpose and it brings something to the house and it will bless you too. What are you going to do? What is your next step in the area of everyday meaning? What do you need to do? Maybe can you do every day that's going to add meaning and purpose in your everyday? Maybe you need to change up your schedule so you've got more time to abide and be connected to Jesus. And, you know, it can be all throughout the day, right? As you're driving in your car, as you go and have your lunch, as you're sitting at your desk. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with me. Lord, your presence is here right now. Just take a moment to connect with him all throughout the day. We can do nothing of real eternal value without Jesus. And this only comes through abiding in him, Staying connected to him, growing in him, and then bearing fruit. Eternal fruit. You know, when we're bearing eternal fruit, it gives us meaning beyond comprehension. So I just want us to close our eyes. Maybe Lynn, if you could just come. The rest of the team, don't worry. And this morning, I want to ask you, for you, in your season right now, What is God asking of you? Or how could you step out? What could you do that's going to bring some meaning, some purpose in your everyday? You know, like I said this morning, I I never want us to just come and go through the motions. I want us to have an encounter with Jesus. And this morning, my prayer is that you've, you've felt His presence and that you've heard Him speak to you. And I know that as we abide in Him, as we remain in Him, as we are connected to Him, He will show us every day little things that we can do that will bring meaning, that is all part of a purpose, the greatest purpose on earth, to see people come to know Jesus.